you know, the, the book of Acts is what? The book of Acts is, is all about the birth and the expansion of the church. But something that, that we forget is that during the, the first, first 15 years of the life of the brand new church, there was a huge problem. A huge problem with prejudice and racism that existed. Red and yellow, black and white were not precious in the sight of all Christians at that time. Especially those who came to Christ out of a Jewish background, such as Simon Peter himself. And they were still not convinced that Jesus loved all the children of the world. In fact, when you come to chapter 10, again, this is about 15 years after the resurrection has taken place. And the Apostle Peter still thinks that God loves him more than he does the Gentiles, which is anybody that was not a Jew. He just can't conceive of anything different from that. He thinks the Gentiles are substandard people. They're impure, unclean, they're just simply unacceptable. But isn't it interesting as a Christian how God tends to somehow get our attention, doesn't he? Well, he got Peter's attention one day. It was at noontime, he was preparing to have lunch and he kind of dozed off or something. We don't know exactly for sure exactly how it happened, but God got Peter's attention in a vision. And you can read about it when you have the opportunity there in Acts chapter 10. We don't have time this morning to read all through that, but essentially God makes it clear to Peter that the gospel is for everyone, for every single person, that God loves all people that no one is unclean and that every single person is created by God in his image. To make sure that Peter got the point, that it really sank in, God commands Peter, ultimately, to go up the coast of the eastern Mediterranean there to the city of Caesarea, to the home of a Gentile and tell him about Jesus a Gentile named by the name of Cornelius. But not only was Cornelius a Gentile, but he was a Roman centurion, which in that day to the Jew would have been like being a terrorist. A Gentile terrorist is to whom God sends him. So Peter arrives at Cornelius's house and Acts chapter 10 verse 27 tells us that Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. Cornelius had brought his family in and brought friends in. God had prepared his heart as well. Well, this is the first time, remember, the very first time in Peter's entire life in which he has stepped across the threshold into the home of a Gentile. You know, you can almost just imagine him as he steps across that threshold trying not to, to breathe in too deeply that Gentile air. Well, the first words that came out of his mouth are not exactly taken from a page in the old book by Dale Carnegie about how to win friends and influence enemies. Verse 28, Peter said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. 
Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine what if the first time you walked into the house of someone of a different race and you started out the conversation by saying, you know, it's really not right for me to be here. This is just not what I'm supposed to be doing. This is not right. Peter's in essence saying, now, you know, Cornelius, we Jews just don't gather together with Gentiles and we sure don't go into their homes. But it gets worse. The next part of verse 28, he continues. He tells them, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. He just did call him that, didn't he? <laughs> I should not do that. Yikes. I mean, that Gentile air would have been as so thick you could, as the expression goes, could cut it with a knife at that point. God had obviously been preparing Cornelius' heart, or I'm sure he would have said something at that point. But look again at Peter's words. He said, but God has what? Has shown me. Has shown me. What he's telling Cornelius is that God has done a deep work inside of Peter's heart. That God has exposed a very ugly place in his heart and has transformed the way that, that Peter sees people. Transformed him in such a way that he now sees people as God sees people. As being made in the image of God. Let me ask you a question. Would you be willing to ask God just to simply say to God, God, show me. Show me. Expose any part of my heart where the ugliness of prejudice or racism exists. You know, I, I know we're not going to be, we're never going to achieve perfection on, on this side of heaven. But we could sure get a lot closer than where we are sometimes. God, would you show me, would you show me any ugliness that remains in my heart in that regard? Well, as I said, Peter was transformed in these moments. And the reason, by the way, that we know he was transformed is because just about five years later, there is a big meeting that takes place in Jerusalem. That's where the mother church was in Jerusalem. And everything has finally come to a head in this matter of Jews and Gentiles. And how are the Jews going to respond to Gentiles? And how will Gentiles respond to Jews? So on and so forth. It's all coming to a head. And the Bible tells us that after a long discussion, and who knows what, everybody, you've been to a long business meeting at church? Well, this is a really long business meeting at church. After a long discussion, we're told that Peter stood and he began to boldly speak against those who were trying to perpetuate prejudicial divisions in the church. Courageously, spoke very clearly against that. And not only that, but he unapologetically promoted unity in Christ. Unity in Christ based upon the grace of God that provides for us all to stand equally at the foot of the cross. Of Jesus Christ. So then, at that point, essentially they all said amen. <laughs> and so what begins to happen is that not just Peter, but the entire Christian community then began to allow the Holy Spirit to eradicate all of the racial barriers that existed in their hearts and their lives. And they began to open up and realize that the gospel was for everyone. 
but chose instead to unify behind the only message that can change the world, the message of Jesus Christ. Understand, if that had not happened at that time, we, unless you're of a Jewish background, you and I, we would not be here today. In fact, the church very likely would have died out before the end of the first century. And friends, if there were no church in our culture and society today, there would be absolutely no hope for racial reconciliation. None whatsoever. Because you see, it is only as the Spirit of Christ works in and through the church, in and through the church, that we are taught that when we look at someone, we are seeing someone who is made in the image of God just like we are. We are seeing someone who if they will open their heart to the gospel, they stand just exactly in the same place where we are at the foot of the cross of Christ. We cannot mistreat someone and be on good terms with our Heavenly Father, can we? Friends, we have the message of the good news. We have the Holy Spirit of Christ living within us as His children. We have the good news. We have the only message that can truly change this world, that can bring about racial reconciliation in this world, the hope of Jesus Christ. We have everything that we need in Christ. There's only one thing we don't have, an excuse. An excuse. Would you join together with me in prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for being our Savior who came into this world breaking down every dividing wall of hostility, as Ephesians tells us. We thank you that because of what you have done, that we all stand on equal ground at the foot of the cross. That in you, in Jesus Christ, there is no Jew nor Gentile, no red or yellow or black or white. Just those who have been made in his image. Father, we pray that just like the Apostle Peter, that you would give us that same vision. That you would open our hearts that we might be courageously willing to to say to you, show us, reveal and eradicate any ugly place in our heart that, that, that remains of prejudice or racism. We ask that you would heal our hearts as completely as possible in the Son of Heaven. That we all might be more effective instruments for you to use to bring healing and reconciliation to our community, to our city, to our world. 
Lord, fill our hearts with courage. The same courage you gave to Peter the day that he stood up before God's people gathered there to speak your truth. Fill our hearts with your courage, with the power of Jesus Christ. The courage to proclaim truth. We pray that you would use us to faithfully share with the city of Tulsa the hope that is found in Jesus Christ, in Christ alone. The unity that is found in Christ. The love, the real love that is found in Christ. And Father, as you heal our racial divisions, we ask that you would bring great spiritual awakening to our city. And we courageously pray this morning that you would let it begin with us. That's our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.